and welcome, fellow lighting nerds and friends, to another episode of The Light Files, the lighting industry's podcast. My name is Lisa Bartlett. Thank you for joining me yet again. Don't forget to follow the podcast on Instagram at Light Files or support the podcast on Patreon, patreon.com slash Light Files. I wanted y'all to know I've had such a frustrating week this week, just one of those weeks. Um, Sometimes we seem to run into... uh, a lot of them in a row (laughs) instead of, you know, maybe just one frustrating week and then some weeks off. It's been a few in a row. I think a part of it is me being a little stressed out about taking an extended vacation, which I am very much looking forward to. But, um, it, it just got me a little stressed out about everything to do before beforehand, because there's almost as much work to do before you go on vacation as when you come back. And, um, it's just, uh, it's a lot, uh, to try to make sure I get everything fit in and done and leave everything in good shape. So it's just been uh, kind of a, a hectic time for me. So I, I apologize for maybe not having as much insightful content for the podcast as I would love to have. Um, I wanted to talk a little bit this week about, um, point of sale systems. I, it sounds kind of boring. Um, but I'm really interested. I've seen a lot of manufacturers upgrade their point of sale systems to like, um, I'm just going to throw names out. Let me just put a little asterisk at the front of this. I'm just going to throw some names out. I have not done deep investigation into almost any of these. I only have a top level knowledge of, uh, many except for the one that I use. Um, but I just thought, uh, it would kind of be interesting to toss this out there and see what everyone's uh, feedback was on what's working well for them and what isn't. Um, I've seen a lot of manufacturers lately switch over to the NetSuite platform. Um, I hear a lot of positive things about that. Um, it's also, you know, the thing with these point of sale systems is the expense of them, right? And it's not necessarily the startup expense and licensing the software, but depending on how many users you need the software for and the annual support fees, um, they can get pricey fast. And so some of the options I've explored for my store, um, like NetSuite or DDI, both I think um, offer great solutions, but they've just been out of my price range a little bit. I think that's why a lot of people but tend to stick with the old QuickBooks <laughs> um, get for an expense factor alone. Um, I have used at my store for a very long time a Windward System 5. It's actually the only uh, point of sale system I have any experience with in a lighting showroom. I've, I've never used anything else. It was predated my existence at the showroom. And I get asked a lot about it uh, because it is kind of especially in the past few years, kind of really come on in the industry as, you know, you know, the lighting showroom, uh, software point of sale system of choice. And, um, because they've marketed it, marketed it as such and been pretty, uh, more strategic in their offerings. But anyway, um, so I've only ever used one system five, and my, whenever anyone asks me about it, I say it does everything and it does nothing well. (laughs) That's a little aggressive. Um, I don't necessarily mean it does nothing well, but I just mean that it does, um, it really has a lot of capabilities and manages a lot of the parts of my business. Um, but there are a few areas where I feel like it like severely lacks. And probably the biggest one is dynamic reporting, 
my Windward database on the server is full of so much data and content. Um, let's see, I've been with Pace Lighting. It'll be 13 years uh, in March and uh, Windward predated me by a couple of years. So we have like 15 years, 14, 15 years worth of data in Windward, um, which is like a treasure trove of information. But uh, running the reporting to get it out of Windward in any sort of usable format is just basically impossible. And that is my biggest knock on Windward as a user. Um, it, it's There's so much data. It's all right there. Uh, extracting it in a way that's meaningful to me or even having intuitive reporting systems already set up for users to use would be soups helpful, uh, but they don't have any. <laughs> so, so it, it gets, um, it gets very cumbersome. Winward is definitely a database that requires somebody with some data, uh, database management background, uh, to kind of really get it all set up. And I think when you're going through implementation, Winward tries to do that for you, but it definitely takes somebody with a, um, I for database work to really kind of get it dialed in and set up for a company. And, you know, again, all of us being uh, small business owners with various uh, strengths and weaknesses and, and backgrounds, um, ha- having somebody on your team or you yourself being somebody that that is excellent at database management, which is a really kind of picky, detail-oriented thing. Yeah, what are the chances you're going to have that person I happen to be that person. <laughs> that was my first job when I first came to Pace Lighting was to um, get our database and website uh, whipped into shape. Um, so, uh, when I first started at Pace Lighting, the database is set up with, you know, like categories, like types of product. Um, at the time, pot racks, uh, illuminated pot racks were still a thing. But uh, like everything in the database was in the uh, category of illuminated pot rack. It was just hilarious to me. Like we only had like six of those really um, in terms of uh, not in stock in the warehouse, but I meant in terms of items in the database, but like everything was in that category just because it got set up and uh, folks stopped paying attention when they were adding parts to the database and they just kept putting them all in the same ridiculous category. So it took a long time for me to get it all cleaned up. I had to do a very manual process. That's my other knock against Winward is it can be very manual to make changes and additions uh, to the database. So that was always uh, an extremely time consuming part of my life. Um, until recently, the one thing I will say, a few things I will say positive about Winward um, Especially, um, I'm also a Lights America customer, and I know um, there are XO integrations with uh, Winward. Um, I just have not been an XO customer for a few years now, so I'm not. I can't speak to where those integrations are at this moment in time. But the Lights America integrations with Winward are really, really great, um, and have saved me so much time. Now they're not flawless. Um, the, one of my biggest challenges is. In Lights America, I have almost all of my parts to set up to display the IMAP pricing. So as you've heard me discuss on this podcast before, I believe that IMAP pricing for fans should be two times cost. And for light fixtures, I believe it should be 2.1 or 2.2 times cost. Uh, We all know that's not the standard IMAP policy, but that's what I believe the IMAP standards in our industry should be, especially if we're going to continue to take 20% discounts all day, every day. 
Anyway, <laughs> that's a whole other podcast. <laughs> um, I've probably already recorded it, but it'll get a we'll get a we'll get a revisit on that one. Um, but so in the integration with Lights America and Windward, um, I don't have to manually add parts to Windward now. I can uh, what the shorthand language we use at Pace Lighting is we can send products over from the Lights America platform into Windward. It adds the part to the database. It adds it based on my default setup of what our pricing levels should be. So where that gets to be tricky is if it happens to be one of those pesky fans that's at a 1.8 uh, markup or uh, those pesky landscape lighting from various manufacturers that are a 1.8 markup. Um, or if it's a light fixture manufacturer that does actually have a higher IMAP policy, it goes over and it's, it just defaults to my standard, which is two times cost. And so we have a, a bad habit of salespeople not adjusting the retail price and just kind of taking the shortcut of, well, I sent the part over from Windward. It did the cost times two, and that's what they sell it to the customer as, leaving money on the table, right? Which is very frustrating because especially if it's like um, a Hubbard and Forge or an Innovations or I apologize for other brands I'm leaving out that have a... a, a um, higher than 2.0 times, um, sorry y'all, <laughs> higher than 2.0 times cost to IMAP. But like, say they send over a part from Innovations and um, it pulls over and it goes two times cost and that's what our salespeople, again, they're in a hurry or taking shortcuts or whatever happens on the sales floor and it the part came over into Windward two times cost and they don't make the correction for that additional money they're leaving on the table for the additional uh, margin that uh, Innovations offers lighting showroom partners, which is, by the way, fabulous and um, very, very needed and wonderful. And I appreciate them so much for doing it. I'm just illuminating a flaw in this uh, data transfer that can be really frustrating. And I just wish there was an easy way to fix some of that. Um, and maybe there is, and I just don't know it. Um, but that's one of like the great things about the Lights America Windward integration, that all things being equal, you can send this data back and forth and uh, salespeople can operate in a much quicker and efficient manner in the showroom, which is really, to me, um, one of the best things technology can bring to the showroom and to our salespeople. I want them to be able to operate more efficiently and effectively. Um, I did, uh, we did an LSA call earlier this week and a few people mentioned that they had purchased iPads or tablets for their, their sales team so they could work more on the floor with customers instead of being uh, tied to their desks. And there were, um, I think four, four or five different showrooms on the call. Um, I think three of us had done the tablet thing and all of us had had the tablet experiment fail. <laughs> <laughs> myself included. Uh, I purchased tablets for my salespeople to use as they walked around the store with customers. I purchased them because of this Windward Lights America integration that make it so easy and fluid for salespeople. Um, I think people tried to use them for all of a couple weeks and then they ended up in the drawers collecting dust and they just work off the computers. I find some of this really interesting. You know, I read a bunch about um, how to how to have a better strategic, more nimble business, how to service customers better. And it came up a lot that, you know, have tablets, have your salespeople walk around with customers, take notes on the tablets, make wish lists on the tablets. 
And then um, the reality of how that actually is has not worked in the showroom, even with our younger staff members. You know, sometimes people think that's part of the like a technological divide uh, based on age. But even the younger people in the showroom um, just it just would not click, <laughs> and the tablets did not take off. Um, but anyway, I wish they had. So the integration with Lights America and Windward has been such a huge time savings just, you know, for me particularly and in, in my responsibilities and um, even getting price updates done um, this past year. I don't think I would be anywhere close to having all of my pricing updated if I didn't have the ability through Lights America and Data 52 to download in a Windward approved format, <laughs> all the pricing and then upload it into my Windward database and have the pricing be mostly correct. Again, part of that struggle for me is getting those margins right. And y'all hear me talk about margins a lot on this podcast because it probably is the thing I think about the most every single day. But getting those margins right of the cost price and the sell price and making sure that it's all entered properly and discounts can't, you know, what <laughs> if something is only a 1.8 uh, multiplier, maybe I don't want to offer the biggest discount in the world for it every day. Um, some of this is all based how you set up your windward. And, and I know a lot of showrooms do it differently than I do. But anyway, there can just be a lot of moving parts to manage um, with that. And again, one of my well, that's one of my hiccups with Windward is that it does a lot of things, but there are some things it's a really a challenge to get fine tuned to your business. And some of the other platforms I've looked at definitely have a better flow and a better sequence. Um, the other thing with Windward I will always caution everybody about is the learning curve for it. And depending on the technological skill level of, uh, your salespeople, sometimes it can be a bit of a challenge. It can be just a really rigid, frustrating platform. And, um, so if you're looking for something more nimble and user-friendly, um, it's not necessarily it. Once you learn what we call lovingly in our store, the quirks of Windward, it's not so bad, but it can take a while to get all those quirks and be like, oh, that's just Windward. It operates that way. Don't stress about it. Um, that can be a real tough hill for some uh, new employees to deal with. <laughs> but um, but again, the advancements in integration in our industry have been just such a huge uh, benefit for us. And again, I'm, I know I've said Lights America a few times, and I know XO offers those as well. So I'm I'm not trying to leave them out of the conversation. But anytime that these platforms can integrate together and get us good data quickly and effectively into our point of sale systems is amazing. And I'm sure with the more sophisticated um, point of sale platforms like DDI or uh, NetSuite, I'm sure this works even better and is why it's worth the additional investment in money um, upfront to get those better platforms. I know for a fact they do way better on the reporting side. And I do think um, it's an important part of business to think strategically and look at reporting. I know it, as much as I think I understand my business um, and, I, and I have a pretty good handle on it, but I know there are things that escape me, things that I, I believe probably sell better than they actually do. Um, and some things that uh, I don't, I think are duds and maybe aren't. 
what I would really love to have is so for in my strategy for purchasing for display is I tend to pick one piece from a fixture family and put it on display. Um, sometimes if it's proven to be a hot seller or they, they, you know, extend the family, I'll put another piece on display if it's working well for us. But generally I pick one piece from a family for display and that's what we sell off of from that manufacturer in that collection. Where that can get misleading is maybe I just happen to pick the piece for display that isn't the version of it that's selling. So say I pick the eight light chandelier for display, but what we're really selling every day is the five light chandelier from that same collection. Well, if I run some, uh, you know, uh, reports on what I have on display and how well they're selling, that fixture might flag as a dud for me because that particular version of it isn't selling, isn't turning, but the family as a whole is turning. Um, but that won't pull what that won't, um, integrate in my reporting on, um, what's selling off of my display. Um, and if things were, if again, if data was more specific and, uh, followed more like rigid pathways, then it does. Um, it might be easier to report maybe based on family name or something, but, um, it's just doesn't always work that way. So sometimes it can be kind of misleading and I've caught myself in that trap a few times or almost conversely, I have a version on display and that display version sells, but nothing else in the family does. And so I can be tempted to add on to the display because one piece from a family is selling, but but, and so I'll add on, but nothing else does. And so it can be, um, it's just an ongoing challenge all the time <laughs> to figure out, but this is where having a really great point of sale system, um, that does great reporting, I think can be just such a benefit to a showroom. Again, with my experience being in Windward, the reporting that I'm talking a lot about is just something that I wish was a little bit better and easier to use. But that said, I have one point of sale system that manages my inventory. It, um, it manages my payroll. Like I, it's where my employees clock in and clock out. Um, it's, you know, where I do my purchase orders. It's where we do all the receiving. It's where we write up all of our orders for customers. It really does manage a lot, um, all in one place, which is super, super helpful. We ha we do have QuickBooks. We only use it to process payroll. Um, otherwise, uh, and then the data that we, we import into, uh, QuickBooks to do payroll is pulled directly out of Windward for our timesheets. Um, so it works really, really, really well uh, in terms of kind of keeping track of everything and the inventory management in Windward, if done right is super effective. I have always a very good idea of what is in my warehouse at any given moment. I know the value of my inventory. I know it's discontinued. I have an excellent idea in my warehouse of what that of the specific items in my warehouse that are turning. And that is super beneficial. It's a little harder for the displays, but again, a particular skew in the warehouse, I can tell immediately if it's turning or not, and I can make sure to always keep it in stock. Um, and that's uh, a really big benefit. It's never like guesswork or we never run out of things that we're selling all the time. Well, unless they're back ordered, but, <laughs> but outside of that, we never run out of things that we're selling all the time. And that is super, super helpful for us and for any business to always have like your key items in stock. 
Um, it's made a big difference for us, especially people, um, just wanting to come pick something up and go, um, knowing what sells and always having it in the warehouse has been super beneficial for us. So that's another, uh, perk of having a, a kind of massive point of sale system, a point of sale system that really manages all parts of the business. It helps you keep track of it all in one place. And that's been, um, something that I think is invaluable to us. I know from other talking to other showrooms that, you know, they have a little bit here, a little bit there, a little bit there, and it's hard to keep it all together and know what's what. Um, and you know, we all find creative workarounds, (laughs) but, uh, it's, but that's been super beneficial to have it pretty easily at hand, um, in a point of sale system. So anyway, that's my two, two cents today about point of sale systems in the lighting showroom. Um, just my take on what I have in my showroom. I'd love to hear more about from people that use more sophisticated systems and how they've, uh, helped your business, how they've helped you become a better business, more efficient. Uh, again, I think the more efficient we can act and behave, the more we just boost our own bottom lines. And that's really important. So um, I'd love to hear more about how maybe that initial upfront investment in in a bigger, more robust platform has helped boost your bottom line and made every penny of that investment worth it. Because that's something that would definitely sway me moving forward to upgrade to like a NetSuite or DDI or a similar platform that um, that has even more robust capabilities. Thank you all so much for tuning in again this week. Again, if you have any ideas for the podcast, suggestions, random thoughts you want to share for me with me, send them along. I super, super appreciate your listening and support and everyone take care. Have a great day.